to the one that deserves all praise. Singing that song, I was reminded of a message that I heard Bishop preach one time many, many years ago. So many years ago, I had it on a cassette tape. I was just a teenager and had gotten a hold of it somehow, and he's always been my favorite preacher. And he preached a message about the flood, and he talked about how and all of the research, what he found that causes a flood is too much rain. And so we've been believing for a flood. We've been believing for a flood to sweep across this metro. And what's going to cause that is with each service, when another one gets the Holy Ghost. And another one gets the Holy Ghost. And another one goes down in the name. That's how you get a flood. It's just too much rain. It just keeps building and building and building and so we're in revival and this morning the lord has sent us yet another man of god an evangelist to bring the word and i believe that some more rain is going to fall in this service that it's going to fall on somebody's life for the first time that holy ghost rain is going to fall on somebody and there's going to be a well that begins, a, a river of living water. So we're excited to have Brother Kerry Jones this morning. He is a friend of Brother Gorse. And he comes very, very highly recommended by Brother Gore. And so we know that he is here in the will of God. And it is so good to see so many guests here this morning. Can we make our guests welcome? Our guests are number one around greater faith. We are so thankful that you have chosen to come and worship with us. Thank you to the over 60 people that went out yesterday on follow-up. That is what it's all about. People taking time out of their day to go and reach for somebody else to let them know that we care and we want them to be a part of what God's doing. We don't want to keep this rain to ourselves. We don't want to keep the blessings and favor of God to ourselves, but we want everybody in this metro to have what we have and to experience what God is doing in this season. So I want you to get behind the man of God, as we often say when there's a man of God that's in the pulpit for the first time sometimes we're trying to figure them out and like get to know them he's anointed he's an evangelist you don't need to get to know him just when he steps in this pulpit you know how we are around greater faith when a man of God steps in this pulpit whether we've known him forever or we're just meeting him we know he's speaking the divine word of God What's going to come out of his mouth today is from heaven. It's a straight download from heaven. What he's going to say, he didn't get off the internet. He didn't talk to anybody else. He's been praying. And God is going to speak to us this morning. So if this is your first time in church, if this is your first time in an apostolic church, you need to know that God Almighty is going to be speaking through this man. 
that he is anointed to say exactly what God wants to say. God knew you would be here. He knew you would be here. And he's going to be reaching for you through this preached word that's going to go forth. So would you put your hands together? We are glad to have his family here, his wife and his two kids. But would you put your hands together for Brother Jones? And would you get behind him as he brings the word? Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, come on, we can do a little better than that. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hey. <laughs> Woo! Now listen, y'all don't know me. <laughs> and I don't know a lot of y'all. But where I'm from in Alabama, um, we like to have something called church. So I don't know what you came expecting this morning, but I came to have a little bit of church today. I came to see somebody healed. I came to see somebody delivered. I came to see somebody. Yeah, that's okay, because that's what happens when you're in revival. God's going to touch somebody's life. God's going to heal somebody's life. God's going to set somebody free. Now, listen, I've never been here before. <laughs> but I know the Holy Ghost is going to meet with us before we leave this house. Now, you can be seated for just a moment. Take your seats for just a moment. Now, I know very well that you guys have been in revival with my good friend, Brother Landon Gore. Now, I'm just going to tell you something. Me and Landon are a little bit different, as you can tell. But I believe that he's here on assignment, and I believe I'm here today on assignment. I give honor to your pastor, Brother Nichols, for allowing us to be here. Um, I was actually a couple of months ago, I think it was maybe a month ago, I was on Facebook Live watching The Rock Church, and I heard Brother Nichols preach for the very first time on a Sunday night, and I told myself, man, that brother can preach. And then look, here I am, right here, right now. Praise God. So I give honor to your pastor. I'm so excited to meet him tonight. I give honor to your pastoral team. I give honor to all the saints of God for being faithful to the house of God. Give your, yourselves a hand. And I give honor to my beautiful wife of six years, Victoria Brianna Jones. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Listen, if you don't believe God works miracles, look at me and then look at my wife. That's a miracle. So I give honor to her um, today. And I'm excited about what I feel in the house. I believe there's some people came here looking for answers. God's going to meet with you before we leave this house this morning. <clears throat> now, we don't have a whole lot of time to get used to one another. I'm just going to tell you now, I'm crazy. 
I'll just go ahead and tell you. But if they can go to a football game and take their clothes off and paint themselves for somebody who's never done anything for them, and you expect me to come into the house of God and sit there with my arms crossed and my eyes crossed, no, not going to happen. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I've got to react. I've got to lift up my voice and I've got to shout. I wonder if everybody in this house will begin to lift up your voice right now and shout. He's done too much for me to sit still. He's done too much for me to be quiet. I feel something shifting in the atmosphere right now. I believe somebody is going to get the Holy Ghost today. I believe somebody's going to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Woo. Donnie, you better stop, Donnie. My goodness, it's so good to finally meet him in person. Talented and anointed musicians, that's what we need. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I would like to turn your attention to Genesis chapter 6. My brother started talking about the flood, and he had no clue what I feel to preach today. So I thank God for confirmation. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 1. If you're there, say amen. If you're not there, say hold up, player. Sometimes I say that just to see if somebody's going to say it. I would like everybody to stand for the reading of the word. We do that in honor for the reading of the word and the word of God. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his day shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same mighty men which were of old men of renown. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually and it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart and the Lord said I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air for it repenteth me that I have made them but in the midst of all of this verse number 8 but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Just because everybody else is doing wrong doesn't mean I have to be a part of it. Verse 9 says this, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. I want to be a great preacher, but I also want to be a great reacher. And God sent me here to reach for some people. Today I want to preach to you from the simple topic, until the day. 
until the day. I wonder if we could all pray right now because there's some needs in this house. And I wonder if you'll pray, God, Lord, open, help me to open myself to receive the word. God, help me to be able to receive. If it's conviction, if it's a word of correction, God, help me to prepare my heart. Come on, I want you to open your mouth and begin to talk to God. God, help me to receive what you have for me today. Put the words in that preacher's mouth, oh God, that I need today. Let's clap our hands all over the house right now. Let's clap our hands all over the house right now. We love you, Jesus. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Everybody say amen. amen. Until the day. Until the day. Is it okay if I walk down there with you? Okay. I just want to make sure before I do it. Now, my wife, I don't like to tell this story because my wife's here. Most of the time, she doesn't travel with me, so I, I'm able to tell the story. But she's here today, so I have to be careful because she may throw something at me. So... We had just bought a brand new house. Come on, Jesus. Now, this was before I started evangelizing. We bought a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath. It was a massive house. The master bedroom was huge. I'm talking about it is crazy big. And so when we bought the house, my wife said, hey, I want to buy new bedroom furniture for it. And I'm like, oh, God, help me, Jesus. And so she decided one day, we're going to go to rooms to go to try to find a bedroom suit. And I'm saying, okay, that's fine. I took off work. We had our oldest son, Judah, with us. And we're walking in, and there's people literally sitting on couches waiting to pounce on you when you walk in to convince you to buy something you really don't need. <laughs> that's another sermon for another day. And so... We walk in, and this older gentleman comes to us and says, hey, you guys, I would love to help you. What are, what are you in need of? And I am immediately disconnected because I don't want to be there. <laughs> All the brothers that have to go shopping with your wife, you know what I'm talking about. And so immediately I'm disconnected. I'm trying to play on my phone. I'm trying to do all this, and I'm just, I, I didn't really care. I just didn't want to be there. <laughs> and so my wife gets to this particular bedroom suit, and she says, this is it. Oh, how much is it? I don't care how beautiful it is. How much does it cost? But baby, you don't realize that it's so beautiful and it's everything. How much is it, baby? Well, it's $7,000. Excuse me? It's how much money? $9,000. Okay. And so the man comes up to me, and as a salesman does, says, sir, you don't realize that most Americans sleep on their bed eight to ten hours a day. I said, who sleep that much? <laughs> not, not me. Eight to ten hours a day. And he's saying, you know, when you really start adding it up, you need to invest in the sleeping well. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so, finally, we buy the bedroom suit and... All of this stuff is taking place, and at the end of it, after we sign the papers and we make the monthly payments, he tells us the delivery date for it. And I said, okay. My wife said, make sure you're off work for that date. And I said, yes, ma'am. Okay. And so, weeks leading up to the delivery of the bed, my wife is constantly, as the good wife that she is, constantly reminding me, do you remember 
at the Dead's coming on Tuesday? Yes, baby. Did you take off for it? Yes, I did. Yes, I took off for it. Are you sure? Yes. So the Monday before, she calls me and texts me and calls me. Are you ready for the delivery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to be there. And so the day comes that the delivery is supposed to happen. <laughs> now, what I left out in this story is that my parents live about two minutes away from us. Maybe not even that. Okay? And so it was about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and I have a one-year-old boy, and I'm a dad at home by myself. And I was like, huh, he's driving me crazy. So what do I do when my son's driving me crazy? I take him to grandparents' house. I let them drive them crazy. And so I drive down the road, and I'm like, I've got enough time to get back when the delivery comes. So I ain't got to worry about it because they said that they would call me before they left and I make to make sure that I was at home. And I was like, I got time. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And so we walk in the house, and my son, he loves his honey. He loves his honey. That's what he calls my mom. He loves his honey. And so as soon as we walk in, Honey, 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 honey. And so they go downstairs to go play. And I went into the office to recline for a little bit. Oh, some of you know where this is going. And I said, I'm just going to go sit down for a little bit. You know, I've had a long day. It's only 11 o'clock, but I've been watching this boy all day. <laughs> Being a dad is a full-time job. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit here. I, I turned the volume on my phone up, and I said, I've got enough time. I'll be able to hear it and all of that stuff. So I'll just take a quick 30-minute nap. Two hours later. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to look at my wife right now because she's probably staring a hole in me right now. Two hours later, I awaken myself out of my slumber, and I look at my phone to see... 15 missed calls. <laughs> 12 of them was from my wife. And you know I wasn't calling her back. And three of them was from a 1-800 number. So I immediately knew I'm in trouble. I done messed up now. I'm sleeping on the couch probably the rest of my life. And so I pick up the phone, and I call the 1-800 number back, and it's a lady named Ashley. And I said, hey, Sister Ashley, how you doing? Listen, um, this is Mr. Carey, and um, I had a couple of missed calls from you guys, and I was just calling you back. Are you guys at the house? She said, no, sir. We just left. I said, no, 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 no. See, you don't understand. I need you to come back. She said, well, sir, I, we knocked on the door several times. We called you. I said, no, you don't understand. Like, you really don't understand. I will pay you whatever I have to for you to come back. She said, sir, are you in trouble? I said, I will be if you don't come back. <laughs> and so she said this. She said, well, sir, where were you? I said, well, you know, I was busy watching my son. But she said, I'm sorry, we're already headed to another delivery in Georgia. And I said, ma'am, no. Is there any way possible? I'm, I'm telling you, I'm serious. Is there any way possible you can come back? Sir, I'm sorry you missed your moment. And I'm saying, oh, okay. So now I'm realizing that I have no chance for them to come back. And this is the thing. If you miss your delivery, it was two weeks later till they could come back and fit you in. 
So now, life is hitting me, bro. Because I know that when my wife gets off, she's expecting to see a bed in that master bedroom. There's not going to be a bed in there. And so immediately my mind starts going, okay, how do I fix this? So I go to Publix, <laughs> and I buy her cheesecake and flowers because I'm trying to figure out whatever way possible to make this as harmless as possible. And so I didn't return her phone call, bro, because I already knew she was going to be mad. So I hear as I am getting the house cleaned and prepared for the bride to come home, I hear the car pull up, and I hear the door slam. I'm saying, oh, Jesus, come quickly. Come quickly, Lord. And she walks into the door, and she slams the door, and I'm in the master bedroom waiting on her with my, my son Judah. And so she walks in, but when she walks up the steps, it ain't just no normal walking. And so I'm, I'm scared to death right now because the fury of a mother's coming. And so she comes into the bedroom. And I said, oh, hey, you look beautiful today. Beautiful. And you know what she says? Don't talk to me. Okay, I, I expected that. But baby, guess what? I bought you cheesecake. I'm not hungry. No. All right. So hours upon hours, brother, I get the silent treatment. But eventually, my wife talked to me. Now, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Hmm. My wife talked to me, and she said, Carrie, do you know where you messed up? I said, well, baby, why don't you tell me? She said, you thought you had enough time. Just because you were in the vicinity of where the bed was going to be delivered, you thought you had enough time to get back and make it. And so I, I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah. And she said, Carrie, if you never would have left the house, there's no way you would have missed the delivery. But she said, but because you felt close enough, you thought it was okay just to leave. But you knew that something was coming on that day. And so I said, you know what, baby, you're right, you're right, you're right. But so oftentimes, even in Pentecost and Apostolics, uh, we're okay with being close to the house of God. We're okay with being close to somebody that has a relationship with God. But there's going to be a day that we're all going to stand before God. And we're going to make an account for every action, every, every decision that we make. I've come to talk to somebody in the Holy Ghost today. It's time to make up your mind. I'm tired of living with the world. I'm tired of living in sin. And I'm ready to give my life to God. Man, I feel my help on me right now. There's somebody that came in this house. You're sick of the addictions. You're sick of the pills. You're sick of the alcohol. And let me tell you something. I've come to give you an answer. There's nobody like Jesus. And he can touch you. And he can fix you. And he can mend you. The biggest problem in that story is that I thought I had time. I thought I, I, was, I was close to the house, Brother Donnie, but I thought I had enough time. I'm going to preach to some kids that have grown up in church 
that you've gotten used to this thing. And you've been dabbling in some little secret sin. Oh, God. And so what's happening is, is that you're touching the forbidden fruit. And there's no immediate judgment for what you've done. And we get used to the sin and we get used to the condemnation and we get used to not being able to lift our hands like we used to be able to. But let me tell you something. There's coming a day. Oh, Brother Kerry, I've heard that all my life. There's coming a day. Brother Kerry, I've heard that since I was a toddler. I'm 15 years old now. There's coming a day. But when people preach about the coming of the Lord, it puts people to sleep now. Because I haven't seen it yet. And so we come comfortable. I feel the Holy Ghost all on me right now. We come comfortable. When I was growing up, bro, there was at least one service at camp meeting or at camp. You can bank on it. Somebody's going to preach on hell. I started asking some of my friends. I said, hey, when's the last time you've heard somebody preach on hell? They said it's been years. We have become comfortable. And I think that COVID done something to us where we've been comfortable in life and comfortable just coming to church. But no, there's coming a day. I know you've been told it all your life, but there is coming a day where every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. But the problem with that story is waiting on that promise put me to sleep. Waiting on the fulfillment of a promise, which was the bed, it put me to sleep. And so we wonder how we can barely live for God and still make it. Show me in the word of God where that's necessary. Because it ain't about relationship. It's about how many things can I hold on to and still make it. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. There's somebody in this house. You better hear me in the Holy Ghost. You've been dabbling in some stuff, and you've been making some decisions that's trying to pull you out of church. I'm preaching to somebody that goes here on a regular basis. You better hear me in the Holy Ghost. You better be careful. You better be careful. I didn't think I was going to hit on this, but I'm going to hit on it. Uh, all you hyphen and older people that haven't been married yet and you're single, you better be You better be careful who you start accepting DMs from uh, when you're lonely and you need a mate. Let me tell you something. There's some things worth waiting for. That man that God's going to give you, he's worth waiting for. That lady that God's going to give you, she's worth waiting for. But you know what happens? I feel like I'm talking to a lady, a young, a young lady, hyphen age, right now, that when things don't happen the way you want it to, we want to lean to the arm of the flesh. Take Hagar. When God said the promise is coming through Sarah. And so we want to try to make things happen. We want to try to make relationships happen. And God's saying, if you'll just wait on me, I'll send you the right person. Can I talk to all the sisters in the house? The Bible says 
that when a man findeth a wife, he found a good thing. Let me tell you something. You somebody's good thing. I done lost some of you right now. But let me tell you something. If you're somebody's good thing, you're worth, you're valuable, and you need to see yourself as valuable. You don't have. And so, y'all, I thought I left that meddling spirit in Birmingham, but I feel it coming on me right now. And so what happens is I fell asleep and I became comfortable. And what's happened is people won't even come back to church because COVID made them comfortable. Oh, you know, preach to me, Pastor Nichols, from the, the comfort of my lazy boy. You can say all that if you want to, but I go to a church where people have not come back since COVID and they use it the excuse oh I'm scared but you go to the grocery store what I'm preaching today is we cannot get comfortable in this world because we are not of this world we're of a different world a supernatural world and we need to wake up and realize that time time is short We see in Genesis chapter 6 in the text that it got so bad to a point. The Bible says that God grieved. Let me ask you a question. How do we get so bad to a point where God grieves in himself? Now my question to you is today, you don't have to answer out loud, but how do you think God feels about America right now? Violence, all the shooting, all the abortions, all the things that happen, and we think God's okay with that. But something that made God want to act and say, I'm going to destroy humanity, is the Bible says that when he saw the violence, God had to do something. It got so bad to a point that he said, I've got to do something. I've got to make a decision. I've got to fix this because it's getting so bad. But in the middle of all of that, there was one man found favor in the eyes of the Lord. But in that verse, verse 9, the Bible says this, that Noah was a just man and he was perfect. Not perfect as in without sin, but that word perfect translated is whole. How does somebody become whole? The rest of that verse tells us, because he walked with God. And there's some people in this house, you have looked to drugs and alcohol to fulfill the void. You have looked for immoral relationships to fill the void that's in your heart. And nothing seems to satisfy you. I'll tell you why. Because you can never satisfy with earthly and fleshly things that only a God-sized void can fill. And so, so many people, so many young people. I used to be a youth pastor for five and a half years. And do you know that after COVID, 
suicide is at an all-time high. No, not just in adults, but between the ages of 12 to 19. And tell me that people aren't looking for something more. That they're sick of going to bed after they get drunk the night before at a club and having to deal with the decisions that they've made. Kids going around without a mommy and daddy at home. And they're wondering, is there more to life? Yes, there is more to life. So Matthew chapter 24, I'm trying to hurry. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. It starts talking about of how the day will seem when Jesus is going to come back. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 says this. But of that day, an hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. What was happening in that day? I'll tell you, verse 38. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking Marrying and giving in marriage. But this is the part that kills me. Until the day. They were experiencing life and having fun until the day. Until the day where that crazy preacher that said, Hey guys, just go with me for a second. Hey y'all, I'm building this boat. What you building a boat for, Noah? Uh, it's going to rain. Um, what? It's going to rain? What are you talking about? It's going to rain. God told me it's going to rain, so I start preparing. I've never seen that before, Noah. I've never seen the coming of the Lord, Brother Kerry. I'm still here. I've become comfortable in my sin. I've become comfortable, but you know what? I've still got time. Brother Kerry, I'll wait till Brother Gore gets back to get baptized and get my life right. But we're willing to put more faith in something that's not promised to us. What does the Bible say? That we're not promised tomorrow. But God changes it and he says, but today is the day of salvation. Why? Because as all humans, we like to put off stuff that we can do. Oh, I'll wait to take out the trash in the morning. Or I'll wait to wash the clothes till the day that I'm off. And when the day comes, we put it off again. And we put it off again. But the Bible says that they were doing all this stuff until it was too late. My greatest fear as an evangelist is that when God comes, there's people still waiting on the next service to get right with God. My greatest fear is that people start saying, oh, he's just emotional. He's just trying to push me to do something. No. I have an understanding that there's coming a day where all the excuses are thrown out the window. Everybody's going to have a chance to make a decision. But that key word in decision is decision. 
It means a cutting away of two options. One opinion. It's something I can feel your spirit right now. Some of you saying, oh, I've heard this before. I've heard preaching like this before. But you got to be careful when you get to a place where it doesn't move you. We got to be careful in the midst of revival and things happening and things shifting in Indiana that we don't get cold and callous towards this type of preaching. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 that God was going to give man 120 years. He said, my spirit shall not always strive with man, but yet his mercy gave 120 years to get some stuff right. Now, this is the thing. That's a lot of days that mercy will reach for you. That's a lot of mornings. His mercy is renewing every morning. That's a lot of times that the, the mercy of God reaches for us. But this is the thing. It's not okay for God to reach for us if we're not willing to reach back. And so what happens is we get comfortable. We made enough money. We've got a good paying job. Everything's good. The kids attended for. But then the enemy creeps up. Hey, hey, bro. You ain't got to do all that no more. You got the money now. You're blessed now. Sometimes we allow the voice of the enemy to deceive us that we're okay. You know what my prayer was today, bro? In the hotel room, I said, God, I, I feel what you want me to preach today. But what good is it that if I preach to people and people get the Holy Ghost and get baptized? But I'm not right myself. See, nobody in this house is exempt from this word. Nobody. Because what we have to do is take a microscope and say, God, help me to hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've been alive 10,282 days. That's a lot of days that mercy has reached for me. But I remember when I was 17, 18, 19 years old, I'm trying to hurry. I kind of got out of church for a little bit because I wanted to experience the world. Oh, I feel the Lord helping me right now. I'm going to talk to a young man that you're, 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 you're wanting to experience life a little bit. And I didn't realize that the more I started dabbling in the world, the further I went, got away from the spirit to the point that I knew I was addicted to things. And that when people would approach me, I would act like, oh, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't deal with that. I don't struggle with that. Because we become desensitized and we're deceived on where we're at spiritually. And so I remember going to a conference, Brother Donnie, and Cody March preaching a message. And on my face, I fell. 
And I started realizing, God, I cannot wait another day to get over some stuff. Today, I've got to fix some things. So I feel what somebody's saying in their spirit right now. They're saying, Brother Kerry, I hear you. I want to be ready. I want to have my life right. What do I need to do to get ready for the coming of the Lord? I want to read one more verse to you. Verse 39 of Matthew chapter 24 says this. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. They didn't realize till it was too late that everything that this preacher of righteousness was saying was true. That there's coming a day where every excuse is going to be taken out the window. But I wonder what the neighbors were doing when the first raindrop fell. Oh no! Maybe what that preacher was saying is true! And I can see him running. I can see him running to the boat and banging on the door. Noah, let me in. But this is the thing. Noah didn't shut the door. The Bible says, God shut the door. That means there was a a time where God said, my mercy is not going to reach anymore. I would hate is that somebody in this house when God comes back is figuratively outside of the door you've got an opportunity today to make a decision that can change the trajectory of your life brother Kerry I hear what you're saying I'm trying to hurry to a close I hear what you're saying and I'm convicted I'm pricked in my heart what do I need to do to get myself ready for that day That in order to be ready for that day, you've got to make a decision today. You can't put it off till tonight. You can't put it off till next Sunday. Today, I'm making a decision. I want to be ready for that day. But in order to be ready, I'm going to bring up the formation of the ark. The Bible says that God was very particular on how to make this ark too. Make it with gopher wood, with pitch on the inside and the out. But then God requires something that is a little bit strange, bro. God said, when I, when I want you to make this ark, I only want you to put one window and one door in there. Now, commentators believe that the ark was a football field and a half in length. If you look around in this sanctuary, there's multiple doors to get in and out. But in this ark, God said, I only want one door. Why did he only want one door? Because if you go to John, the Bible says that Jesus is the door. And so if I want to be saved, there's only one entrance into the ark, and that name is Jesus. So the first thing you've got to realize is there's only one God, and his name is Jesus. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. 
Lord. Ephesians 4 and 5, there is only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. That word baptism is translated doctrine. Oh, God, help me right now. Ephesians 4 and 6, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Now, I feel what I'm, I'm hitting against something right here. That's not what I've been taught my whole life. What does the word say? Because at the end of the day, it's not, it doesn't matter what you've been taught, but it's what the word of God has said and has been spoken. John 10 and 9. I want them to put this up there so you don't think I'm making this up. John 10 and 9. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. John 14 and 6, Jesus says unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The door was built by humanity, but it was closed by divinity. Only God is able to do it. And I know what somebody's saying. Okay. I feel what you're saying, but Carrie, but I just, I'm, I'm scared. I'm glad you said that. God hath not given you the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. So if you're feeling spirit, I fear right now, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. And I command freedom and liberty to be in this house so that somebody can make a decision today to get their life right with God. You can be seated. I'm almost done. Luke 13 and 25 says this. When once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut the door and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door saying Lord, Lord open unto us we're reaching for that mercy what is his response he shall answer and say unto you I know you not what happens when you reach for mercy but mercy doesn't reach back Foreign to us because we're so used to it. But there is coming a day where God will shut the door. Now, Brother Kerry, I've heard this before. This is normal for me to live this way. You don't want to take a chance in being wrong that you got time to get back. God knows the end from the beginning. He knows when this thing is going to wrap up. I feel mercy reaching for people right now. Say, come on. Come on. You got to make a decision. I'm going to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost because I feel a check in my spirit right now. Somebody has to call the immoral relationship that you're in right now and cut it off before you leave this house. But Brother Kerry, they said they loved me. Oh, really? 
But ever since you've been in this relationship, you've been disconnected from the church. You don't want to be here. You have a rotten attitude. I'm talking to somebody in the Holy Ghost right now. You're disconnected from the youth group. You don't want to listen to your youth pastor. You better be careful what you allow in your life. Because ultimately it will affect that day. It will affect that day. So now I'm coming to a close quickly. My question to everybody is, the Bible says that God is a consuming fire. My question to you is, why did God use the avenue of the flood to kill humanity? Of all the different elements that he could have used, why water? I'll tell you why. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20 says this, which sometime were disobedient when once long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing wherein few, that is eight souls were saved by water. Verse 21. The light figure whereunto even baptism does also now save us. Why did he use water? Because it was a type and shadow of baptism. That water can destroy the sins of humanity. Brother Kerry, you don't understand what I struggle with. I know a God that if you're willing and able today, you can go down in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all your sins and come up a new creature. And you can make steps toward getting into the ark so that you can be prepared for that day. I don't want to be lost. what some of you are saying. Brother Kerry, I've already been baptized. I'm so glad you said that. Acts chapter 19 and verse 2 says this. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said unto him, we have not as so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, hold on, when they heard him preaching, they were baptized in the, so they had already been baptized, but they had to be re-baptized in the name of of the Lord Jesus. But Brother Kerry, I'm trying to help somebody because I can feel your spirit right now. But Brother Kerry, I was baptized in the titles. Okay, let me help you out here. Matthew 8, 28, 20, Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach, baptizing them in the name of the Father. What's the name of the Father? What's the name of the Son? What's the name of the Holy Ghost? Let's stand. Everybody in this house, I want you to stand right now. God, you're going to have to help us right now. 
Now, everyone, everybody listen to me because I feel God reaching for people right now. If I was to write somebody a check that needed some money in this house and you said, write me a check for $1,000. And when I wrote on the check, I put in the name because I'm a father. I'm also a son, but I'm also flesh. So if I put on the check in the name of the father, the son, and the flesh, the bank teller would look at you and say, sorry, I need to know the name of the person because I can't cast this check unless I know the name whatever you do in word or in deed do it all in the name of Jesus I feel the Holy Ghost I feel your spirit right now lady you're saying I'm, I'm addicted to nicotine I struggle with nicotine God can deliver you today there's nothing too hard for my God. Every eye closed. Every eye closed. Because we're at the most important part of this service right now. If you have altar workers here, I would like the altar workers to come to the altar right now. If you have altar workers. I feel God's mercy reaching for somebody right now. Let's pray. Before we go any further, let's pray right now. God. Lord, there's a wooing of your spirit right now. And God, I'm praying that you would break down every wall, every barrier that's keeping somebody from responding to your spirit and your anointing. But I pray, God, that today uh, that somebody somebody would make a decision that could change their life, uh, that could change their world, uh, that could help them uh, to be ready for that day. I feel mercy reaching for people right now. I feel mercy reaching for people right now. I want you to listen to me. This is what I'm going to do. We're going to call an altar call. And this is what I want. I don't want nobody to allow your pride to keep you in your pew today. Put your pride aside and say, I need God today. I need God. I want everybody to close your eyes. I want nobody looking around. The altar team can keep their eyes open. I want everybody to close your eyes. If you're in this house and you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, I want you to just lift your hand high and say, I've never been baptized in the name of Jesus. There's no reason to be ashamed. I've got one. I've got two. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? You've never been baptized in the name of Jesus. I've got two people that raised their hand. Thank you for being bold. You can put your hands down. Now I'm going to ask this question. If you've been feeling something you've never felt before tugging at you, something pricking your heart something saying I gotta make sure that I'm right with God before this day's over with I want you to just raise your hand right now just raise your hand <clears throat> thank you Jesus just raise your hand you got people's hands raised thank you put your hands down now what I'm gonna ask is I'm gonna ask that those that really wanna make a decision today 
and want to make their life right. Nobody's looking. Nobody's watching. I want you to just come to the altar right now. I want you to come. I want you to come. There's no reason to be afraid. There's no reason to be afraid. Thank you for those that are coming. I want you to come. 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 Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Don't be fearful. I want you to come to the altar. Come to the altar. I want you to come to the altar. Mm. I feel so much resistance right now. I'm going to pray one more time before we continue. God, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come against every spirit that is trying to hinder people from getting right. I feel something releasing right now. God, I command every human and hellish spirit to be relinquished. And God, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that people would feel a freedom to respond to the word of God. God, let them release themselves to you and to your spirit and to your mercy. So this is what I want us to do. It's what I want us to do. We've got people here, but there's also people here. You're fearful and afraid, and I understand. But what we're going to do is we're going to allow God to touch us, every person in this house. The altar team is going to make its way through the crowd. And if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sin, we had several put their hands up. Today's a good day to make a decision to go down in the water and make some things right with God. First thing we're going to do is going to pray and ask God to forgive us of everything. And then I'm going to lead you in some prayer and we're going to let the Holy Ghost do what it wants to do, okay? I want everybody to close your eyes and lift your hand. Every person, even if you're in your seats, I want you to lift your hands. I want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord, I'm sorry for everything that I've done. Lord, I ask and pray that you would forgive me and that you would renew a right spirit in me. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now look at me. Look at me real fast. Look at me real fast. Repentance is not a feeling. It's about direction. So when you repent, you say, I've been walking this way my whole life, but I'm making a decision to go the other way. Some of you have made a decision, but it's not, it doesn't end there. We have to get baptized for the remission of our sins. So now what we're going to do is we're going to make ourselves available. The Bible says that when we draw nigh unto him, he draws nigh unto us. And we're going to make ourselves available for God to move. What's going to happen is we're going to lift our hands and pray. And some of you that never have received the Holy Ghost, you're going to begin to want to speak a language you've never spoken before. Don't be afraid of it. When you start feeling something, take over your tongue, stammering lips. Just let that go. Right now, I feel mercy reaching. Let's lift our hands right now. God, right now, by the authority of the word of God, 
and by the power that's in the name of Jesus. God, I'm praying that your mercy would sweep through this house and begin to reach, oh God. I pray that you begin to reach every man, begin to reach every woman, begin to reach every person. I want you to begin to open your mouth. Altar team, come on and help me. I want you to begin to open your mouth and begin to talk to God. I'm making a decision. I've never been baptized before in the name of Jesus, but today I'm making a decision that I want to make my life right with God. God's still moving. He's still touching, and he wants to help you. He wants to heal you. He wants to fix you. But you've got to open yourself to receive it. You've got to open yourself to receive it. I want to be everything God called me to be. Come on, come on. Respond to what you feel right now. Respond to what you feel right now. I'm not going to let anything keep me away from the mercy. I'm not going to let anything keep me away from his mercy.